0: The Permian Basin is an abundant oil and gas producing area. Already one of the world's leading oil producing regions, the area in West Texas and Southeastern New Mexico could nearly double crude oil production by the year 2023. But who are the leaders behind this economic powerhouse? And what is their story? This is Permian Perspective. I'm your host, Krista Escamilla. Today's show is sponsored by Baker Hughes, who recently launched a new and reimagined Baker Hughes brand. As an energy technology company, they strive to make energy safer, cleaner, and more efficient for people and the planet. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of Permian Perspective. As always, it is a pleasure to spend this time with all of you. I'm sitting here today in Midland, Texas via Zencaster with Aaron Burton, the owner of Unconventional Oil and Gas Training. Aaron, thank you so much for being with us today.
1: No, thank you, Krista. I'm looking forward to it.
0: I'm looking forward to it too. Aaron is in Houston today, usually travels all over, but as most of us are right now, we're dealing with some different times and he is uh, working from home today. So thanks so much for being with us. And before we get started, I want to thank everyone who has shared our podcast with friends and family and colleagues. We have listeners from all over the world. And of course, right here in the Permian Basin. And I want to give a special thank you shout out to Jerry for leaving this five star review. Jerry said, quote, I look forward to the Permian perspective each week because I learn something new every episode. I've lived and worked in West Texas for 10 years now, and enjoy hearing about my colleagues journey to the Permian. Keep up the good work and you make it a great day. Well, thank you so much, Jerry. Thanks for throwing my tagline back. You make it a great day, Jerry. And just want to thank everyone so much for leaving a review or stopping by or sending an email. And if you do so, I will read it in a future broadcast, just like we did Jerry. So thank you. All right, Erin, thanks again for joining us. First of all, I just want to say, how are you doing? You know, we're, we're all dealing with something new right now. How are you doing?
1: Yeah, overall, uh, doing pretty well. You know, all things considered, it's I've traveled around the world enough and and lived out of my truck working on rigs enough to know that being stuck at, in your home and comfortable is not necessarily a bad thing. So, so just uh, adjusting to this new normal, you know.
0: Exactly. Just hashtag doing our best, right?
1: That's right. That's right.
0: <laughs> so, Aaron, how did you get started in the oil and gas industry?
1: Well, uh, the it's a little bit of a long story, but the so I, I went to school for an engineering degree as I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do that way. I went to a career fair and saw that mechanical engineers were the most commonly hired out of Mississippi State where I went. So I decided to go mechanical and graduated mechanical. And luckily I had a good buddy that his family was in oil and gas their whole life. And he did an internship with Schlumberger. He accepted a job with Conoco. And he was like, man, you got to get in the oil and gas business. And I was like, well, I don't know. And finally he convinced me. And it was kind of like one of those things like, well, give it a shot and see. So Graduated mechanical, went into the oil and gas industry not knowing anything about oil and gas, kind of had the envision of spindle top. I thought you (laughs) poked a hole in the ground, then you just have to catch the oil. And it's just a little bit more complicated than that.
0: Right. So, what did you learn that that first year that you have never forgotten?
1: Ooh, a lot of different things. You know, the first year, you know, I started as a field engineer trainee for Baker Hughes. And so I got to, you know, put the hands on the tools, start in the warehouse, learn how to build tools, learn how to run them in the field. So, you know, that, that really and truly was the fundamental for my knowledge there, getting out because, you know, it's one thing to see or to talk about the tools and talk about what they're doing in the field. And it's another to see them built and then ran in the field and how they work and the, the challenges that you can have out in the field. So that, I think that's really probably what stuck with me that first year is, is how the bigger picture works when you're talking completion tools and putting them in the well bores.
0: And so you spent that first year, you said at Ed Baker right off the bat? That's correct. Yep. Awesome. Now, you, how long were you with Baker Hughes?
1: So I was with Baker almost eight years. I was like seven and a half. Mm-hmm. So. And
0: then from there, you made a transition. Let's talk a little bit about that transitioning into what you're doing now.
1: I did. Yeah. So it was quite a bit of a transition. So with Baker, I had a fantastic career, bounced all over the world. You know, the, <laughs> it's kind of funny how I got involved with unconventionals and, and what everybody does in the Permian out there, because I technically started in Lafayette, Louisiana, doing offshore. Well, mm-hmm. December of 07 rolls around and, you know, the Gulf of Mexico was still healthy. This was pre condo, And that's just the way the Gulf of Mexico worked is budgets were spent in Q4, go enjoy the holidays. But being young and ambitious, that didn't register with me. So I'm sleeping the shop floor five times a day and pestering my boss and the coordinators, come on, man, give me something to do. And so finally my boss said, you know what, come to Houston and start building frac sleeves. And so next thing I knew, I'm one of five, maybe 10 people in Baker that knew how to build them. So I started teaching people how to build them. And that was kind of my intro in unconventionals. And so bounced all over the world. At least to my knowledge, I was the first one to run multi-stage completions in these unconventional formations outside of North America. I ran two completions in China in 2008 and bounced around the Permian, the Marcellus, the Bakken, just all over the place. And then did a variety of different roles in engineering and product line and business development. And then I unfortunately did get caught up in layoffs in 2015. So as I'm doing the layoff thing, trying to figure out my next move, it, it hits me one day that I can do whatever I want. And always wanted to have my own business. So decided if I, you know, thought about it, do I have a business plan in place and or something I can do and create a business? And I was like, you know what? I think I can. And the the whole inspiration actually came from an incident or a a situation in Baker where I was supposed to teach an industry class and somebody in Midland wanted to take it. It was in Houston. So they went to their boss, got permission, and then they told their colleagues. And then all of a sudden, five of them wanted to take it. And so they went to the boss and they said, well, we can't send all of you to Houston. And they reached out to me directly and said, how about you just come to us? And all of a sudden, they got 50 people in the class in Midland. And I was like, you know what? I think there's a business there. I'll go to them and teach in-house.
0: Right. I love that. And I think that's such a great story to tell right now. I know So many people are going through a transition with everything that is happening due to COVID and, and the oil industry, that maybe this is a time to look and see how can I use these skills that I already know and how can I change you know, what I've been doing and and serve other people and serve more people. And that's exactly what you did.
1: Absolutely. And honestly, I mean, that's, that's what helped me find purpose during these times and, and find purpose quickly and just kind of keep moving forward and staying positive because you and I talked a little bit beforehand, but for two years or so, I've been talking about taking my courses and going online with them. And I finally started putting in the work September, maybe October of last year. And right as I'm getting ready to roll out, of course, COVID happens. So I hustled up about a week after Houston went on lockdown. I had my course launched and released it. And then in April, I was supposed to go and speak at several universities, Penn State, Marietta College, University of Texas, Permian Basin, where you are.
0: Yes, um, TPB.
1: Yeah. yeah. (laughs) And uh, of course, those trips got canceled. Uh, And one university specifically, Penn State, this is a really cool program they have set up through their SPE chapter where they get outside instructors like myself and the students actually get elective credit for it. So this wasn't just a casual event for the students. I mean, some of these students were looking to, or they needed my course to graduate. So I was able to get the video on demand course out. They were able to take it. We were able to jump on webinars for, I think we did three Saturdays for about an hour and a half each. And they were able to graduate and get their elective credits.
0: Oh, that's fantastic.
1: And since then, you know, that's the thing is the students are, they can't get their guest speakers so i've set up university of houston utpb texas a&m marietta college and working on several other universities in the us and international as well to to give the students free access to my my full day course
0: i love that i love that you just pivoted once again you took you know what was happening in the world and were able to to change it and use technology and still be able to share that knowledge that you have with universities and with with companies. That's fantastic. What have been some of the topics that you've been sharing online now that you have pivoted to that online role?
1: Well, so, you know, this is really my full day course that I teach under my brand and under for other industry organizations as well. And and it's all about, it's an overview of unconventional completion. So, so multi-stage completions for hydraulic fracturing. The kind of the general outline of my course is the, the basics of hydraulic fracturing and then what the completion systems are, plug and perf, ball drop sleeves, cool tubing sleeves, and then how all three of those compare. So I've really been focused on that. But kind of like you said, right, you have to pivot in these times. So mm-hmm. I've started kind of doing new presentations and, and actually writing articles. I, writing is definitely not my preferred medium of communicating. But you know, to a certain extent, I think I've actually the first article I wrote in a, quite a while anyway, was my thoughts on getting laid off and how to handle it. And it really just kind of started as a project of, it was almost journaling, honestly. Mm-hmm. And as it kind of came up and came through, I was like, man, I, I think this might actually help people. So, so I went ahead and published it and it actually it's gotten great response. And then my other articles have not really been the technical. It's more like, hey, don't forget oil and gas is here to stay. U.S. shale is here to stay. And, you know, don't necessarily believe everything that analysts tell you.
0: That's a, that's a good point. Now, what a, what about to go back to what you just said about helping people that are going through something like this? What advice, since you know you went through this in twenty fifteen, this might be something that is new to those that are here in the Permian in twenty twenty. We've had so many layoffs here, as I'm sure you you've known or heard about. And what advice would you offer to someone that is going through this difficult time?
1: Yeah, and it's you know it stings. There's no doubt about that. It hurts you personally, and you know I've kind of been developed the mindset over the years in 2009, we had to lay off when I was in West Virginia. And the strange thing about that was that was natural gas and natural gas was booming in 2009. We were, we were breaking records and we still had to lay off, which, you know, didn't make any sense except from an accounting perspective. So I I kind of took that instance and I was like, you know what, I want to be, be mentally and financially prepared for this because we are a cyclical industry. So right. that being said, as much as I thought I was prepared, it certainly stings. But, you know, overall, you know, my article, I really kind of highlighted five different things. And and first and foremost is, and especially in this downtime or this downturn here, because I mean, it's tough, but the reality is, is nobody's drilling and fracking. I mean, it's, it's just depleted overnight. So don't take it personally. You know, if, if they're not drilling and fracturing, there's no work out there right now. Right. So, so it is purely an accounting decision nothing more and nothing less. Nobody's out to get you. Your boss didn't hate you. By all means, do a self-evaluation. And if there were performance issues, then be honest with yourself and, and improve next time. But in all likelihood, this was just an accounting decision and you shouldn't take it personally.
0: Right. That is so true and that is very important to remember anytime when you know something like this happens and just then the next thing is to keep going, move forward, right? I know that that's important to you is moving forward. How do they do that? What's the next step?
1: Yeah, you know, so so as I on my path because I decided to have my own business and focus around training, you know, I was taking I was developing my courses. I had been teaching SPE courses for a while, teaching courses under Baker's brand. So I was taking it and developing my own content and my own material. And it was kind of interesting. And, th- and this was two or three months later. I had, I had put all the personal things aside. I didn't have resentment. And, but what I realized and what really killed out any, anything else, any other type of resentment I might have had over it, is as I was creating my course, I realized that I was in the financial position, the knowledge position, the, everything that I had was because of my former employer and because of my former colleagues like, you know, I, like I said, I, I knew nothing about oil and gas graduating. All of that came from my former colleagues and, and employer. So, you know, once I kind of realized that and, and set in that gratitude mindset of being thankful for that opportunity, man, it just, it just really, really enforced everything, you know, to not take it personal and, and dropped any residual resentment that might have been left behind.
0: Right. That is so true. And then how about the finding purpose? Because I think that's what a lot of people struggle with you and I talked earlier that we want to help we are this oil and gas community wants to help everybody and we have to stay home right now. So how do you find that purpose during these times?
1: Yeah, that's probably the biggest struggle right now because you know this isn't Hurricane Harvey when it hits Houston. you know I knew the oil and gas industry is just such a fantastic we're industry we're a family I, you know I knew people that came in from Oklahoma City come in from Midland help. And this is just not that situation. You know, we've been asked Mm. to stay at home and do nothing. And that's the best thing we can do. And that just doesn't sit well with most of us. Right. Right. So my first suggestion is, you know, first off, enjoy the downtime. You know, we're a hardworking industry, overworked in a lot of cases, and we don't get this opportunity much. So do whatever you can to try to enjoy the downtime with your family, with your virtually, with your friends or, you know, from a safe distance. but the other thing is, you know, at least what helped find me a little bit of peace there is, you know, be proud of what our industry does on a day in and day out basis in the form of providing affordable and reliable energy. Because, you know, can you possibly imagine fighting this virus without oil and gas? I mean, we're we're keeping our trucks supplied and keeping them on the road. We're providing mm-hmm. our medical front lines, the ability to get back and forth to the hospital, plus the PPE through the plastics. Um mm-hmm you know, the masses for the most part are, are comfortable in their home because they have electricity and internet. So be proud of what we are actually contributing to this fight as well.
0: That's so true. And, you know, just hearing you say that really did put it into perspective. And I think we are, as, as a community, we are so proud of what we do in oil and gas. And we can't forget that during this downtime. Absolutely. Let, let's talk a little bit about training because I know that is a huge part of your business. You've let us know how you're now transitioning that training and you're going more online and, and we'll talk more about that later, how people can find you. But first, why is it important for companies and universities? Because you you know, mentioned that you, a lot of universities are having you come in and speak virtually now. How, why is that so important to what I like to call a, you know ABL, always be learning? Why is that so important for companies?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and that's, you know, that, that really goes into the purpose, right? Finding your purpose, what we can do. And that's to keep learning and to share your knowledge. I think both of those are critical. And from multiple reasons, first and foremost, you know, what's the saying wandering minds? I forget. Anyway, there there's several sayings about wandering minds, right? So if you can help people continue learning by sharing your knowledge, keep moving forward, instead of focusing on, you know, refreshing what the oil and gas prices are every 30 seconds, or or what the numbers of the virus are every 30 seconds. Keep them, you know, help them get purpose by sharing your knowledge with them.
0: Right. And that is so true. And, you, and since you brought up oil prices, let's just mention that where they're at today, the day of recording, they're at 1527. How do you not get bogged down by those numbers when you see or you see a day where we had negative 37? How do you not let that affect you?
1: Well, at least the way I see it, it's, it's a lot of speculation, right? And, and if you look back at that particular day, and even, you know, the, what was it, March 7th, I think, with the OPEC plus deal, there's a lot of investigations going on right now into some kind of some insider knowledge and stuff like that. So keep in mind that the oil prices are based on speculation, rightfully so. Obviously, with the negative oil prices, the concern is storage. But, you know, the way I see it, we're too important to the world. We can't survive without oil and gas. The ultimate problem right now is demand, which will naturally come back once we beat this virus. So, And, you know, all of the major players, to me, all of the OPEC countries, all of the OPEC plus countries, which includes Russia, and then even the United States government have really kind of, at least in my opinion, signaled that they're they're willing to work on the supply to balance out the market. So we have to beat the virus first, then we get the demand back, and then we do it that way. But, you know, unless we want to go all live back in caves again, oil and gas isn't going away. You know, I'm not necessarily anti-renewable. I'm pro whatever the affordable and reliable energy is. Mm. And currently, oil and gas is the affordable and reliable energy.
0: Right. And where do you see activity going in the next 12 months? I know that's hard to predict right now and due to demand and and COVID, you know, what are are industry insiders saying about that right now?
1: Well, (laughs) so most of the industry insiders are mostly doom and gloom right now. So it's And rightfully so. I'm just a little bit more optimistic than that.
0: Me too, Aaron. Let's share some optimism.
1: (laughs) Yes. You know, it's the reality is, is that you know, low oil prices is not good for anyone. At least at this price. And so OPEC Plus doesn't want that as well. You know, we will just have to kind of see what happens with demand. That that's the one unknown here. Um, Mm. How quickly demand will come back, even when we open up? Are people going to be scared to fly and drive and everything else? So, if I had to speculate. I think once everything opens up, then I don't think people are going to be scared to drive. There might be a lot more driving to the beach rather than flying to the beach, vacations.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: I don't know, I, I may be wrong about this, but you know, I think life has to go on and we'll make some appropriate changes. But overall, I, I think we will mostly go back to normal.
0: Right. Just going to take some time. I wish you had a magic ball and had, had a number <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when it's going to go back to normal, but uh, yeah. it's just going to be our new normal for a while. Right. right. Uh, I'm really enjoying this conversation. For those of you maybe who are listening, I just want to let you know, once again, we're sitting here with Aaron Burton. He's the owner of Unconventional Oil and Gas Training. And Aaron, we've talked a lot about oil and gas and, and what you do. Now I want to get a little personal and ask you some questions because I always like to know what our guests are listening and reading and you know, what kind of helps them in their daily life. So do you have a favorite book that you're reading or listening to right now or podcast?
1: Yes. Yeah, so a couple of those. So so the book that I read most recently that I just, I really enjoyed, and I have two pages in it that I have flagged that I've read multiple times. It's a book called This is Marketing by Seth Godin. And okay, is- I'm
0: typing it up right now. Oh, okay. <laughs> this is Marketing Seth Seth Godin?
1: Yeah. This is Marketing by Seth Godin. Okay. And actually, hold on just a sec. All right. Sorry. I, had, I stepped away to actually get the book because I was looking at it on my desk.
0: No, oh, that's great. I love that.
1: And you know, some people might hear the title and think, well, I'm not marketing. I'm not going to open my own business. So therefore, I should this, it's not relevant to me. I disagree there. I think this mm-hmm. is fantastic because the marketing it's referring to is more about building your brand than anything else.
0: Perfect. All right. I can't wait to read it. Thank you. And what about podcasts? Are you a big podcast listener?
1: Yes, yes and no. So I, I like to listen to podcasts while I'm driving. And obviously, I haven't been driving. So right. I have swapped to podcasts while I'm walking. So yes. um, I have to be in the right mood, though, because I do like music. But, you know, it really just depends on what you're looking for. So if I'm kind of in the mood for oil and gas, I listen to yours. I love the roundtable discussion you had recently.
0: Oh, yay. Thank you. That that was that was fun. I really enjoyed that and, yeah. and had a lot of great perspectives, which was wonderful.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And then some of the other oil, you know, the OGGN network is, is just fantastic. I mean, you've got topics from everything from startups to, you know, just what's going on. So. Um, You know, I'll find a podcast I like there. Another one I found, two others that I found really recently was Flipping the Barrel. And um, that's been a fantastic one. And then also Hot Take of the Day. And uh, David Ramson Wood, he he shares some good perspectives. Um, You know, don't always agree with anybody's opinion 100%, but I also like to hear all sides of the stories too.
0: Right. Great. Fantastic. Thanks for sharing those. I'm going to have to listen to them and uh, I can't wait to read that book. This is Marketing.
1: Yeah. And and two others that, you know, if I'm not really in the mood for oil and gas and just kind of need some inspirational, Mm -hmm. I'm a big fan of Tony Robbins podcast and the one he did recently with Sarah Blakely, which is founder of Spanx.
0: Oh, I love her. Isn't she awesome?
1: Well, and she is. And I've, I've heard her story so many times, but with that podcast with Tony, they went more into her story that I didn't know about. I thought I knew most of the story, Mm -hmm. you know, it was fantastic. So I highly recommend that one for just like anybody that's, you know, wanting to build your brand or even considering starting a business. I thought the whole story was just phenomenal. And he's got other great episodes as well. And then I'm a big fan of Tim Ferriss' show as well.
0: Great. All, all great ones. Thank you so much for sharing those. What about a quote? Do you have a favorite quote you live by? Who?
1: I have several favorite quotes that I live by. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. I think maybe my overall quote is, may the best of your todays be the worst of your tomorrows. Nice. My favorite quote, probably for right now, relative to all of this, is I paraphrase it a little bit. I'll, I've actually got it in front of me right now. It's about statistics. Mm-hmm. And it's from Ronald Coase, which won a Nobel Prize for economics in 1991. And it's, if you torture the data long enough, it will confess. <laughs> I like to kind of paraphrase that into, if you torture the numbers long enough, they'll tell you whatever you want to hear. And right. So, Unfortunately, our trusted news sources have figured this out. And so they can manipulate data and make the numbers say whatever their narrative is that they want to push that day. So, so I, you know, I, I think of that and I just have to remember during these times where we're hearing so much information that conflicts with each other, You know, just don't forget to think objectively.
0: Very good. Very good. You've been through many ups and downs with the oil and gas industry. What is your most important lesson learned at this point? Hmm.
1: I think probably my most important, yeah, I guess I probably would get call it this, because I've actually been sharing this with a lot of university students right now, is to keep in mind that this is a cyclical industry and always try to be, you know, and I kind of referenced this earlier, but always try to be mentally and financially prepared that, you know, to ride out the downturns. And, you know, I guess kind of to go along with that, since I've had my own business, it's so interesting to see that, you know, we're, we're taught one way that, oh, you need to, you know, go to college and go out and work for a company and make money. And obviously I, I had that mindset as well. And since I've been on my own, I mean, there, there's no shortage of ways to find a way to make money. So, you know, be be flexible, be willing to pivot and adjust to the times.
0: Yes. So important. So so important. Don't go out and buy that Corvette right now, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you just you, you do and and you have to you have to save up for the there's gonna be good days, there's gonna be bad days, and we will have good days again. Absolutely. But I like what you said to be be prepared because you see that a lot that, you know, for maybe first time boomers here in West Texas, that it may, you think it's going to last forever. And nobody knows that. There's always going to be ups. There's always going to be downs, but be prepared. I love that. The Boy Scout rule, right? That's right. <laughs> so what are you looking forward to the most right now, Aaron? Hmm.
1: Getting back out in public, I think. Seeing
0: <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, people, right?
1: <laughs> yes. yes. Uh, you know, you, you and I were talking ahead of time. I'm I don't have kids and I work from home anyway, so it wasn't an extreme disruption to my schedule, but man, I, I am certainly missing my lunches and happy hours and industry events and everything else. So so really looking forward to to getting back to doing all that.
0: So with that said, this Friday, I know that the state of Texas is going to ease some of those regulations and you'll be able to go to restaurants. So does that mean you're you're going to go back to your favorite restaurant in Houston?
1: Not at the moment for no other reason that they're only partially opening. They're, right. uh, at least as I understand it, they're op- they're allowed to have 25% capacity. Mm-hmm. So I know a lot of people are going to be like me and antsy to get out there. And, you know, I just, I refuse to wait in line to eat for two hours. Unless <laughs> I'm in Midland in the middle of the boom, and that's the only choice I have.
0: Good point. Good point. <laughs> yes. I'm glad you brought up Midland. What is your favorite thing about the Permian?
1: Oh, man, it's always interesting. I always have this conversation I love the small oilfield towns, the the middle mm-hmm. the Bakken, uh, the Williston, North Dakota, and the Bakken, Bakersfield, California. Oklahoma City is not necessarily a small town per se, but you know it, it's the people and and kind of the culture. You know, it's I grew up in a small town in Mississippi, so for the most part, it kind of just feels like being at home. So yeah, I always I always enjoy visiting all of the small oilfield towns and just networking and getting around. You know,
0: right, absolutely. So I've been asking a lot of people recently to tell me something good. Tell me something good right now, Aaron. Hmm.
1: On just anything in general. Just
0: in life, it can be in general, just I love to share good news. I know I know you you have an optimistic outlook about everything going on, but it can be anything. You just tell me something good that's happening right now.
1: You know, this may be a little bit general and vague, and if so, I'll try to answer it again, but Honestly, I the way I see it is is there's so much good out there going on right now in the form of people helping people. You know, mm-hmm. the oil and gas industry, a lot of our high-tech facilities went to making PPE for the front lines. You know, neighbors are helping out neighbors, communities are stronger than ever. Individuals that can sew are sewing masks for for the medical front lines as well as just the average person that's going to need to wear it for at least temporary and unfortunately, in today's world, I don't know how this happens, but it gets lost in social media and the news. Like, we don't focus on anything good, it seems. So I think that's really what it is. If if you look with your own eyes and don't stay glued to the TV, I think you'll look around and see all sorts of good coming out right now. And so, I you know, when these types of crises and tragedies hit, it's terrible by all means. But at the same time, like, that's when humanity comes out. And and, and I, I find that refreshing, I suppose.
0: I could not agree more. And that's why sometimes during the day, I just have to turn I turn off the TV all day long, really, and listen to music. Because sure. you've got to, you really do have to focus on the good and, and on what, you know, on the future and on what's, you know, and yet stay focused on the now. And sometimes when you're listening to too much negativity, it can really weigh on you. And so... I think that's really important during these times, just focus on the good. So thank you for sharing that, Aaron. Finally, I just want to give everyone a chance to find you on social media. And what is the best way to do that? And how can someone, if a university or a company would like to hire you virtually, how can they do so?
1: Yeah. So, you know, I'm I'm a private guy, so this kind of creeps me out a little bit, but uh, (laughs) doing what I do, I have to, people have to find me, right?
0: I understand I'm the same yeah. way. I understand.
1: Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you're out there on the podcast and everything. So that's, but you, you have to do it, right?
0: That's uh, right. Got so, you have to share those LinkedIn's and Facebook pages.
1: <laughs> that's right. Yep. So I am relatively easy to find. Probably the the easiest way to kind of get a quick summary of everything I'm doing is my website uog dot training. You can find my paid video course there, my free video course there, my free video blog. And there's a direct link to my primary website as well. So that kind of gives you the, the elevator speech of what I do at that website. And that's, uh, once again, uog.training.
0: Fantastic. And I just want to finally, this is the final, final, I think I've already said final, but this is the final, final question. Is there anything coming into this interview that maybe we didn't get to talk about that you want to share with our listeners?
1: You know, I guess just to kind of reiterate, you know, stay networking. This is very different here, but it, you know, it's funny you said this is the final, final again, because that's what I'm finding. Like as I'm, it's, you know, not even outside of this podcast, when I'm doing these virtual networking sessions and things like that, I mean, they're scheduled for, five and 10 minutes. And and we're sitting on there for an hour, right? So it's, <laughs> right. it's not impossible to network right now. It is more difficult, that's for sure. But get out there and network, have these types of conversations with your your colleagues in the industry. And even if you haven't met them, you know, connect on LinkedIn, connect on social media, and then meet up in person
0: afterwards. Very true. Very true. Thank you so much, Aaron Burton with Unconventional Oil and Gas Training. I appreciate you sharing your perspective. About oil and gas and just everything that is happening right now. And we really, you know, we are all in this together. And so I'd love to hear what other people are doing to manage these times. And I think you're doing great. So thank you for sharing with us today, Aaron.
1: Absolutely. Thank you for having me, Krista.
0: All right. It's now time to announce this week's community MVP. And the MVP is James Durbin, or as many of you here in West Texas know him as the oil field photographer. Now James started his own company The Oilfield Photographer about 2 years ago but recently he started a new project called Front Porch Permian and it's designed to provide family portraits for those who've been stuck at home like most of us have been over the last few weeks due to layoffs coronavirus or a combination of the two now the photo shoots are free and the finalized portrait picture that families will receive is also free. He, he even partnered with nonprofits to raise money for their programs. So fantastic job, James. We're so proud of you. What a great way. I've seen many of the photos on Facebook, and it is fun to see these front porch Permian pictures. So if you'd like more information, you can email James at James at the oilfield photographer.com. Another special thank you to our guests today. We really appreciate Aaron Burton with unconventional oil and gas training for sharing his knowledge. And of course, we always love to thank Baker Hughes for sponsoring Permian Perspective. As many of you know, Baker recently launched a new and reimagined Baker Hughes brand. And as an energy technology company, they are striving to make energy safer, cleaner, and more efficient for people and the planet. So that's it. This concludes our episode of Permian Perspective, the story behind the oil and gas leaders in the Permian Basin. Remember to dream big, believe in yourself and never, ever give up. You make it a great day.
2: Hi, everybody. Alex here with the events on deck. So obviously we are in uh, unprecedented times right now and have been unable to carry out our last couple of happy hours that we had scheduled for last month. We have chosen to delay them, and we'll continue to update you on when exactly we will be able to have those events again. Obviously, we're following along the recommended guidelines of the CDC and the World Health Organization. So we're really looking forward to seeing you, and we're hoping that these events are going to happen sooner rather than later. But for now, stay tuned, and we will keep you posted on those dates. Also, just want to say thank you to everyone for continuing to listen to Oil & Gas Global Network. We are fortunate to already have been a virtual company before the coronavirus and all of these issues started plaguing various countries. And we just want to continue bringing you guys the best information and to the best of our ability, keep you informed, especially while everyone is at home or at least most more people than ever before are at home. So we just would like to thank you for continuing to tune in and continuing to listen, and we hope that everyone is staying safe, and we wish everyone the best, and thanks again. Tune in
0: next week for another episode of Permian Perspective, a production of the Oil and Gas Global Network. Learn more at www.oggn.com.